Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lake Geneva Shore Report podcast, June 3rd, 2015. Our place, a Utah Blaine apology. In bold, the Geneva Shore Report apologizes to city administrator Blaine Oberg because of inferences that might be assumed when the nickname Utah Blaine in the Geneva Shore Report, as it turns out and has been told, to him in person by the GSR senior editor, no one on the paper's staff had any idea that Blaine was a Mormon. The publication does not make fun of anyone's religious beliefs. Outside of poking fun at the Lutheran Church for constructing a building that looks more like a prison warden's home than a church, or that the metal roof might have been put on it to guard against lightning bolts sent down from God, the GSR holds religious beliefs as invulnerable to criticism. Freedom of religion is an American institution and is as huge a deal as freedom of speech. The GSR will fight for both if called upon or if violations are observed. Some notes on Utah Blaine. Louis L'Amour, the most famous Western author to ever live, published a book by the title Utah Blaine many years ago. Here is a synopsis written about the novel. When Utah Blaine rescues Joe Neal from being lynched by a pack of land-grabbing vigilantes, Joe hires Utah as his ranch foreman. Aided at first by only a fellow gunslinger, Utah gradually rallies the townsmen to his cause for a climactic showdown. With Russ Nevers, his murderous henchman Rank Witter, and their pack of range wolves. That Utah Blaine, as described in the novel, is the kind of Western good guy the GSR had hoped, and still hopes, Blaine Oburn might become for the city of Lake Geneva. As stated in that issue, where Blaine first appeared as Utah, the last thing Lake Geneva needs is either somebody who knows nothing about running a small city, or someone so jaded by running small cities that a man like Lake Geneva's former city administrator becomes the result. Lake Geneva needs a gunfighter. Whether that gunfighter is going to be a paladin, Marshall Dillon, or one of those not-so-nice characters from the movie The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, is yet to be determined. I've got the vapors, and the clouds forming from those vapors continue to billow. At what point is Lake Geneva going to make it difficult for such shops to do business in Lake Geneva? Everyone has to make a living, and businesses must make a profit, or at least break even. Nobody can argue with that kind of pure capitalistic logic. But what's next for Lake Geneva? Will Tom Hartz, currently under contract with the existing pawnbroker owners, turn the dead theater into a living success as a porn show house? Not likely. 
But if the current logic of not caring what kind of shops open in downtown Lake Geneva is held to then, what is to prevent it? Head shops should not be welcome. Timeshare sales, where the timeshares are ripoffs, are not welcome. Guys making believe they are veterans running American Legion hot dog stands are not welcome. Is it only a small, feisty newspaper that can stand against these organizations and people? If standing alone is required, although Mike Kakurik stood right with the Geneva Shore Report when it was his time with respect to the vape shop, then that is the way it shall be. But it should not have to be that way. There is still a vape shop located in downtown Lake Geneva. What is Lake Geneva going to do about it to help it gently down the road? And some small junk. As a community, everyone around the lake has become to love the Geneva Inn. Not just for the Grand View restaurant and the boutique hotel itself, but also for the wonderful people who work proudly serving the Lake Geneva community with kindness, appreciation, and respect. Unfortunately, the working staff of the Geneva Inn aren't the owners. And it's the owners who are planning to exploit the inn's wonderful reputation and community good in order to expand their operation into the adjoining residential neighborhood with a some sort of commercial banquet hall addition to the Geneva Inn complex. Apparently, the owners are advocates of the if at first you don't succeed, then try again adding. This new attempt at expansion will be the Geneva Inn's second try to rezone neighboring residential property for commercial purposes. To make it even worse, the neighboring homes to be demolished for the Inn addition are Lakeshore Properties. The first attempt at rezoning residential properties by the Geneva Inn was back in January of 2004. Coming together to meet the challenge was the amazing Grace Hanny and over 400 of her closest friends who wrote letters and signed petitions to persuade the then-owner, Clarence Shawak, that the Lake Geneva community was adamant in not wanting any Lakeshore residential property zoned for any type of commercial function. Wisely, Schwak listened to Grace and the will of the community and withdrew his commercial rezone and banquet hall proposal. Then in 2007, when Clarence needed support to stop the Merbu Hummel development from coming into the area that would seriously harm the business interest of the Geneva Inn, it was Grace who stepped up to organize the opposition to the Hummel development and to the large Merbu Hotel, Restaurant, and Spa planned for construction across the street from the Geneva Inn. Grace's efforts led to the city of Lake Geneva's referendum that opposed the development by 77% and to a unanimous rejection by the Lake Geneva City Council. Grace went on to be one of the leaders for the Care for Lake Geneva group that has fought tirelessly against the Bigfoot Beach State Park's plans to commercialize the Geneva Lakefront with a boat launch and huge parking complex, plus destroying the park's wetlands, trees, and lagoon, and then the most loathsome of all polluting the lake. Regrettably, Amazing Grace recently sustained an eye malady and is unable to maintain her activism. Otherwise, she would be out encouraging everyone to preserve and protect the lakefront and fight against this second effort by the Geneva Inn to tarnish and despoil the lakefront with more commercial business. Grace would always point to the fact that the lakefront was the key asset 
that makes Geneva Lake the terrific, beautiful, and unique tourist destination it is. A world-class reputation that has been hard-earned by decades of guardianship by township planning commissions, town boards, and county zoning officials has risen up to protect the Lake Geneva Lakeshore from commercialization and exploitation. The Geneva Inn is planning to challenge this historic tradition and put to the test the almost sacred zoning laws that have given us the crown jewel of American lakes. Well, what's normal? Geneva Java, working hard to fix its lair before it roars out to claim a huge share of the Lake Geneva coffee shop set. Mike Kokurik looms large again. He's the property owner from whom Geneva Java is leasing as he moves to do what he does to so many downtown Lake Geneva properties he owns. The building is going to be totally landscaped with bricks, shrubs, trees, and grass. The view out the front of Geneva Coffee Shop will be of Starbucks across the street. The two coffee combatants just waiting to go at it. Lake Geneva will benefit heavily from the competition. Pete's, located at the other end of Lake Geneva, has to take notice but not to be overly concerned, not during the summer anyway. Visitors to Lake Geneva have a hard time parking anywhere near the downtown area, so most are afoot once they park. Visitors will be lucky to find one of the coffee shops, much less all three. Which one will the locals choose during these cold, long months of winter is in question. Without a doubt, the warmest one will have the inside track. Credit card theft. All nice and legal and done by the very banks we are all asked, no, demanded to trust. What happens when you have a bank-controlled capitalism without restraint or control? Well, how about this? You have a credit card, one of those cards where you can earn points for gifts, travel, or whatever they send you in a catalog or brochure. You build up your points. You might not even use the card that much, but the points built up over the years. You wait until you have a good number of points and then check to see online how you may want to use them. Two days after you check the total and look at stuff online, your credit card company sends you an email letting you know that your credit card is canceled due to lack of usage or because your credit score changed, which changed because they ran your credit using a hard search. And that alone reduced your score by a few points. Neat trick, perfectly legal. What really happened here? The company issuing your credit card just saved themselves all the money they would have expended in allowing you to order or use those points. You may even be so mad and disappointed about the credit card cancellation that you don't realize that it was all about money. Your money. Now, their money. How sweet it is. In June 1st, 2015, the Lake Geneva Meeting of the Whole otherwise known as Mao or Mo, Alderman Cordes, reporting on the Lake Geneva Chamber of Commerce, said that the Chamber and BID Board, B-I-D, were combining to form the CBB, Cobb for short. This new outfit will have a new board consisting of 18 directors, two from Lyons, two from Lynn, one from Fontana, and so on, to start on January 1st. The interested parties are writing up the bylaws as this is being written. The esteemed Cordite Cordis discussed changing, diverting the room tax and getting a premier resort tax for Lake Geneva. However, 
Since the Lake Geneva does not meet the 40% income requirement to qualify for a resort tax, the city needs to get the state to change the law. And to do that, they would need to show citizen support. Therefore, a non-binding city referendum would be needed and approved by the citizens. Sarah Hill, still recovering from the parking garage defeat, did not want to rush into it, but pointed out the need to educate the public why the city needs it. After the meeting, Alderman Cordite Cordes was asked if the meeting minutes would be available to the public. He said, nope, but that Darian Schaefer might be more forthcoming. Mr. Cordes delivers nothing, which is what is fully expected from him. How the area Chamber of Commerce remains legal to accept any city money, tax money, or anything but contributions from its members is likely to be determined in a court of law very soon. The Chamber is not part of the city. The BID is not either. Both organizations have interests in serving small numbers of the supposed business community members. Anyone in city government that gives these organizations taxpayer money should also prepare for a court appearance. Well, here's some neat stuff. Tiny parking places converted to littler ones on Cook and Geneva Streets. At first, the city of Lake Geneva Street Department drew parking spaces like kids draw straws. The shortest one was the loser. So the street department erased all those lines they put up and down Cook and Geneva Street. They took out the parking meter posts also. Then they drew new lines and put the parking posts back. Nobody can figure out why the street department didn't stick to making parking slots the same width as the ones on Main Street and other downtown streets. The ones on Cook and Geneva are now bigger, but a foot narrower than the others. What car owner will be the first to file suit against the city when car doors leave dents in the side of his or her automobile? Judge Sibbing, the famous local judge who reigns over all things Lake Geneva at the municipal building, will be on the spot. Will he rule in favor of the city drawing parking lines wherever and of whatever size it pleases? or in favor of the poor drivers who might just have some reasonable expectation of consistent behavior when they come to Lake Geneva. Good thing Judge Sibbing is one smart dude. Maggie Jacobus, the Creative Alliance. One of the best things about the meeting of the Milwaukee Seven on Tuesday morning at the Riviera was the attendance of this woman. The Milwaukee Seven are the following counties, all thrown together to make money and have fun. Kenosha, Milwaukee, Ozawiki, Racine, Walworth, Washington, and Waukesha. There was a big meeting on Tuesday morning held at the Riviera Building adjoining the pier. The Geneva Shore Report sent X-Files investigators, but they were turned away because the meeting was for invitees only. It would appear that Private parties can be declared by anyone using public buildings in Lake Geneva, and neither you nor the uninvited may attend. The neatest thing about the Big Seven meeting, other than it gave Milwaukee Bucks owner Gail Clapper, Clapper for short, Darian Schaefer, Lake Geneva Chamber of Commerce and Convention Center guru, and Nancy Russell, Empress of Walworth County, a chance to say just how happy they might all be if everyone would simply 
give them more money to do whatever they wanted to do. Maggie Jacobus did not speak to everyone's misfortune. This woman runs an organization, nonprofit, out of Milwaukee, dedicated to finding people with talent and then getting them ready to be placed to apply these talents for money and recognition. What a wonderful enterprise. Her organization has its own conference coming up on October 7th of this year, and the Geneva Shore Report will alert everyone to the exact details as that date approaches. If you are in advertising, design, graphics, film, media, or any of the fine arts and want to make money and gain fame, then you need this number. 414-988-3226. Again, 414-988-3226. Don't go it alone. You've got friends if you are truly creative, but don't know how or where to take your creativity. Well, we're living it up. Shoe Shoe is in, and the bootery is out. Lake Geneva will not go shoeless. The new operation is building in, not far from Main Street, west of where the bootery was. The bootery has become a woman's clothing and accessory store, where shoes are also sold, but not as the main line. Shoe Shoe will be open by late June for those people whose soles are wearing thin, or even whose soles are wearing thin. The Lake Geneva Tree Board meeting was canceled this past month due to lack of a quorum. Or is that interest? Alderson Kupsek chastised the council for missing meetings because trees are especially important at this time of year. Not so much so the Land Lake Use Committee that Sarah Hill claimed hadn't met again since the last time she blew off their meeting during the previous month, nor the Lake Geneva Economic Development Corporation. Members Gelting and Hedlund claim lost their personal invitations to attend, sometimes it would appear that the leadership of Lake Geneva is not run by the people named Connors, Cordes, and Cupsick. Sometimes it seems to be leadership made up of people named Larry, Moe, and Curly. Utah Blaine kept referring to the Lake Geneva City Council on Monday as the supreme authority, which freaked out the outraged members of the rebel left wing sitting on the east side of the council chambers. The previous city administrator spoke of the Reich, but never used the word supreme. It would seem that dead people can be very expensive and whiny. Alderman Cordite, uh, Cordis and the Lake Geneva Mayor Connors were shocked at the low bid that came in for coffin location software. So what did they do? They send the results out for bid again. The new price for necessary search and placement software came in between seventy and a hundred thousand. That's to find and identify the city's filled graves, and that's a pretty big spread—seventy thousand to a hundred thousand—and it was too low. Those pesky left-wing rebels in council chambers grumbled about simply attaching a GPS marker to each body, but they were shushed quite successfully. It turns out that if dead bodies could not move to avoid detection, then America would have almost no politicians currently serving. Uh, Detection software will be ordered and paid for, but at a higher than previously bid price. In the news, Code Red was declared on Monday when the wall went missing. The Great Wall, Lake Geneva needs to guard it, 
And the wall will depend on to defend and maintain peace and tranquility at city meetings was suddenly gone. And many were in fear of hostilities suddenly erupting. No, we're not talking about the wall between the United States and Cuba that Jack Nicholson defended as Colonel Jessup in the Few Good Men from the 4,000 Cubans trained to kill us, the big wall that supposedly separated the good guys from the bad guys. It's true that the wall between Cuba and the U.S. was at long last taken down by the U.S. government in order to normalize relations with Cuba. The wall referred to here is Jeff Wall, the alderman who separates Sarah Hill from Elizabeth on the city council. Every Monday night, the city of Lake Geneva depends on Jeff Wall to be the wall to keep Sarah and Elizabeth from going eyeball to eyeball and possibly, quite literally, breaking into a catfight. Jeff was missing on Monday, which left only Cordite Cordis to sit between the two scrappers. Cordite is rather easy to see through and doesn't offer much protection for anyone, let alone two of the most intelligent and expressive city council members. Sarah Hill has two scalps on her belt now that Dennis Jordan and Crispel Snyder have been sent packing. It is hoped that Alderperson Chappelle will not be the third scalp since Sarah missed out on getting that scalp by trying to muzzle the pesky yapping mouths who attend meetings but are really carpetbaggers from the town of Lynn. Side note, it appeared to all the world that our reporter got a little wink from Sarah Hill Monday night when she recommended the new city administrator, Blaine Auburn, get together with Darian Schaefer of the Chamber of Commerce to work out new plans for the city. The easygoing and ever-willing Sarah also offered her services to aid in helping the men along. Sarah insisted that Utah Blaine needed to more time to get to know the players and give the council more time to get our ducks in a row and find a popular celebrity to sell it, such as Tony Robbins? Sell what? Well, the takeover of the conflated chamber due to its storming and vanquishing the bid group. Then there's the ever-present ghost of Ron Carstensen making its way back. The city council is looking at changing the salt ordinance from 80-20 to something lower, more salt. Cordes claims the council can make recommendations based on the imaginary study from the past year. He also said the city would use less salt if it was straight salt. It was supposed from thinking about Cordite's comment that there is some qualitative difference between straight and gay mixes of salt. Food for thought. With a touch of salt, of course. Both Chappelle and Hill agreed on something as they realize the employees of the city have not been given a wage increase yet for 2015, even though it was budgeted. Hill wants 1.5% or 2, while Chappelle thinks 1 might be enough. Hill insists a budget resolution needs to be brought to the council about this problem, although nobody seems to know why. Maybe the money for the city employees has already been directed toward the new corn-on-the-cob outfit. Well, that's a 30. Look forward to hearing from us again next week. Thank you for being a supporter of Geneva Shore Report. And, of course, you can have the newspaper delivered directly to your home. Just go to our website, www.thegenevashorereport.com. That's genevashorereport.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.